Hey, folks, we're excited to have you listening to the podcast. But truly, if you ever have any suicidal thoughts, David and myself would prefer that you would call 1-800-273-TALK. They're they're honestly incredible. They really reach out and uh, give honest, insightful advice. Thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate you. We want you to stay with us, and we love you. Thank you. Uh, we're coming up on rock block. <laughs> rock we got a rock block coming up here on the studio. What type of rock block is it? Nonstop? No, oh, it's going to be a nonstop rock block. Coming up <laughs> on the rock block, we got stained and hubibus and Incustank and Blinkin <laughs> Park. We got we got Blimp Biscuit yeah. in here. We got the whole rock block. Hell yeah, Blinkin Park. I love Park One Eighty Two. Coming up on the rock block, we got Dave Ross here with a boner. Hey, what's up? I got a boner. What's up, what the fuckers? Um, what the fucking? Hey, us? what's up? This is Dave Ross from you know having a boner, and you're listening to the Rockcast. <laughs> wow, wow, um, wow, 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 wow! It's uh, guys, wow, wow. it's it's me, Hampton Yunt, and it's me, Dave Ross. Uh, I do have a boner. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell don't give away the magician secrets them that. um the yeah magi- the guy who reveals all the magician secrets but he just reveals that they've always had boners yeah like the prestige <laughs> except they're not twins it's just a guy who has a boner uh what was it like having a boner on stage well sometimes it was me on stage and sometimes it was my boner and no one could tell <laughs> do you remember in the prestige when uh mike uh, michael kane right he goes uh He's like talking about drowning. Some men masked away. No, that one. <laughs> well, no, when he's like drowning, he's like, he was like, what was it like to, he said when he described drowning, he's like, he said it was like going home. Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> it's like the most dumb lie. Like yeah. later on he goes, no, it was actually really awful when the person drowned. <laughs> <laughs> no, it turns out uh, it sucks drowning to die. isn't like going home. <laughs> yeah, it's not like, uh, you don't just like go to sleep. Yeah, it's not like I'm like drowning in the ocean. I'm like, do I smell grandma's cookies? Why? I'm going home. I love that grandma's cookies is what you think of when it comes to home. I'm just going home to grandma's cookies. You know, it's, it's like something John McCain would say. <laughs> you know, the thing I miss most in that POW yeah. camp, grandma's cookies. Every time Pol Pot would walk in. <laughs> <laughs> Pol Pot just walking in. It was he was he was directly Smacking tortured by Pol Pot. That's the thing people don't know about uh, <laughs> John Mellencamp. John Mellencamp. <laughs> John. <laughs> Guys, this is Suicide Buddies. It yeah. is a podcast about suicide, for suicide, against suicide, by us, for, for us, us, by suicide. This is the Fubu of. of Po- suicide podcast for suicide by suicide. It's pronounced. F- s- s- <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah, dude, I'm super into '80s comedy lately. Um, y'all ever fart? I'm- <laughs> no answer. <laughs> no wait. 
all of you individually uh, answer. I'm doing but, a, a gimmick show. I'm doing a gimmick show. Shut up, Hampton. That is exactly what I sound like. <laughs> anyway, Dave, let me let me talk about it. Excuse me, I'm interrupting you now. Um, yeah, thank. That was that was actually a really sick burn, there, dude. <laughs> You should do Rose Battle. I, uh, that's, dude, that would be a great way to do you Rose Battle. You just do an impression of the person's voice. I think it. I'm fat and stupid. Oh, that would be so great. Ooh, harsh. Woo. By the way, uh, if it's your first time listening, this is a podcast about suicide, like you said, and we uh, have been there. And so we joke around about it a lot. Hopefully that'll you know help you out. Been there. Done that. <laughs> been there. Uh, yeah, what a reductive way to... We've been there. You know... At that deep, dark place where you wish it all went away. <laughs> We've been there. We have. Uh, yeah. But we have uh, fun now. Burbank. Because we're happy now. <laughs> Neither of us either feel depressed ever now. <laughs> Life has been a dream. Dave, I, I dyed my hair last night because clearly things are going very well for me. What? Yeah, what prompted you to dye your hair? Because I like to your hair, and now youth. I don't like it. Yeah, it looks, it looks like a Chinese man's hair. <laughs> Is what I keep saying. It doesn't look that different. It somehow flattened it. It looks very Asian. Oh, somehow. I wouldn't say that. No, I know you wouldn't. Yeah, you would. Because <laughs> you're a coward. <laughs> uh, uh, that's how I roast. Yeah, that's true. I'm not. I don't say racist no. things because I'm a coward. I had a. Oh, I had a meeting um, uh, today, and I was just like. I just I can't stop looking at the gray of my hair. I've been yeah. going gray since like 20, but it's just reached this point where I'm like, I look old. And I was like, interesting. I have to go sell a show based on me being like, you want this this face on like a poster, right? You know, did you get a haircut too? No, <laughs> that would have been the far oh, smarter decision. So your hair does look different. I, yeah. Yeah. Did you put a part in a different place? I guess it is just flatter. Yeah, it is normally puffier. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's because my senpai has started uh, honoring me. I don't think it's Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even... I think I said something in Japanese there. But, it's uh, not that you look Chinese. It's that you look like a child. <laughs> I want to get like Asian. Like how Steven Seagal just is Asian now. He's just like, I'm so big. Now my eyes look different because I'm so fat. Yeah, it is weird. He was—he used to be a white actor, and now he's a Japanese cop. <laughs> now, now he's a Japanese blues man. Yeah, totally. He's fucking legit. Man, his face became not a human face, huh? <laughs> Dude, it's so crazy. Yeah, his, somehow his hairline started like imitating the reverse of his goatee. So he has a triangle on top and then a triangle on the bottom. Yeah. And then he wears like John Lennon glasses. That have sunken into his eyes. His face is actually perfectly symmetrical. Uh, it's it's a perfect two halves that are perfect. But And he's a close pers personal friend of a glorious leader, Putin, um, who just got reelected. Shout is out to Putin. Is that true? Putin just got a nice reelect. Wait, yes. is Steven Seagal really friends with Putin? He's been invited several times to go t teach like jujitsu and shit. Like Putin is a practicing martial artist, and he loves jujitsu. He loves Steven Seagal. What? <laughs> I like <laughs> that's the weird thing for you about Putin. Like Putin has like literally poisoned people where like their skin melts off. <laughs> no, that's weird to me about Steven Seagal. It's not weird to me about Putin. It makes oh, total it's sense. Oh, I see. So it's weird to you that I guess I didn't realize that that on top of being, uh, you know, like an action movie star and like a total dumbass, that he was a 
uh, homophobe <laughs> asshole. <Supporting>. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's what the blues teaches you, Dave. Teaches you how to be Did I ever homophobe. tell you that fucking uh, Nelly played on my college campus when I was like a sophomore, I think, and Woo. Steven Seagal played bass for him? <laughs> it was so weird. And Nelly kept being like, my man, Steven. And then he would point. It was so weird. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, 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 it's pretty legit. He got like paid in pancakes or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's how he became a cop by doing that. <laughs> yeah, wasn't he on like the shit where they were like trying to catch like pedophiles and shit? Oh, I don't know, but he literally did become a police officer, and there was a reality show about that. You see, a lot of people don't understand that the Asian arts taught me how to enforce the law. Yeah. <laughs> when you've been in as many up. karate movies as I have, you're super good at filling out paperwork. Confucius taught me the Miranda rights. That's why I don't need to say him ever. Uh, right now, we're going to give this guy a jaywalking ticket. It's going to be fucking nuts. It's I, gonna be fucking nuts. <laughs> I mean, I know that cops do, you know, some crazy shit, but I think most of it's probably boring. They just drive around and they're like, "Hey, stop!" Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever seen the show Cops? It's pretty intense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the first reality the, show. If you think about it. Yeah. That, well, that's true. And it was literally what just are like we talking about. Oh, you said cops seem to have a pretty yeah, easy but cop, day? the show cops is obviously like oh yeah, that, you're right. That's written. <laughs> no, it's just that they're only gonna take the uh, crazy shit and put it on the TV show. They're not gonna show them like yeah at I, a meeting. <laughs> a meeting <laughs> eating donuts or whatever i'm racist against cops yeah, cops have like a pitch meeting they okay. definitely you don't think cops Hear have me meetings hear me out <laughs> guys meeting <laughs> meeting real quick i know they it's we're gonna be in here for about have four you hours seen the wire they have hella meetings, <laughs> they have hella meetings. <laughs> the city's a f- on fire <laughs> Let's have a meeting. They definitely have meetings. Is it that preposterous to you? Uh, I think they have like maybe like, you know, 20 minute get togethers. I don't think it's like how you or I have like, you know, industry meetings. Well, they definitely not have interest industry meetings. <laughs> They're not in the entertainment industry. Well, what if you wanted to sell your episode of Cops you were on? You're like, I see this what? as a movie. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> like a really ambitious cop. So you're saying that you don't think cops' lives are boring? You think that their lives are the yes. way that the show Cops is? It's always like that. I do, no, I do <laughs> think they are exciting, but it's also very boring a lot of times. But imagine you just have this incredibly boring existence, and then every now and then you have to chase down a speed freak. Well, that's literally <laughs> what I said. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I think a cop's life is. And then, <laughs> and then it's meetings, <laughs> like. Well, yeah, there's meat. I, okay, well, I really, I just don't know what we're talking about anymore, Hampton. Um, Steven Seagal. I think we agree on what a cop's life is. I'm just saying, I saw every episode of Cops, and uh, they, it, the, the characters. And there's no meetings characters in the welcome. show Cops. <laughs> characters welcome. Characters welcome, absolutely. TNT, oof, loved it. It's still a channel, right? <laughs> yeah, it's dynamite. Uh, this week... We're doing Ian Curtis. Oh, shit. Yeah, this dude. Is, it, uh, is this like a trilogy of musicians you've done? Um, nope. <laughs> yeah, is, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I forgot about the last episode I was in, uh, that we did. I mean, Darby Crash, uh, Darby Crash. We got an email from someone who said that Darby Crash uh, was inspired by Ian Curtis's suicide. And we'll talk Whoa. about that. I don't know. I actually hadn't read anything about that online, but there, I guess there are people that suppose that. 
because he Darby Crash had that like five year plan to become a rock god or whatever, and yeah. um, and he did, and he did, <laughs> literally did after his death. Um, and Ian Curtis's suicide was earlier that year in 1980. Oh wow! And and Joy Division. Well, we'll talk about this. I'll I'll talk about it when after the break. Uh, just a second, Dave. I think we're getting a visit at the door. No, oh, no. Who's there? Come in. Hey, Dave. It's me, Steven Seagal. Oh, boy. I heard you talking smack about law enforcement. You said I wasn't that talking smack about law enforcement. You're saying that a police officer isn't saving the world every day? Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, buddy. I didn't learn blues. Dude, that was so crazy <laughs> because you said, no, Dave. <laughs> Their lives are like the show cops. And I was like, no, they're not. They're mostly boring. It's just sometimes like the show cops. And you're like, no, they're not. They're mostly boring, but then they're sometimes like the show cops. Do you want and me to go get Hampton? Imploded when you said that. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to Do fight you want... Hampton, Steven Seagal. Okay. I'm going to go punch Hampton right in the solar plexus because you have a problem with him. Just a second. Where's I gotta the solar go leave... plexus? Somewhere in the, in the abdominal bubbles. Is it? <laughs> are you sure? Yeah. One second. Hampton! <laughs> oh, jeez! All right, fuck you, Steven. Oh, Hampton, I I realized I can see, I'm but back. I didn't realize you left the room when Steven Seagal came in. Yeah, I had I had to make room. He's such a large man. That's true. He is uh, an oppressive presence. Man, I never thought I'd meet Steven Seagal. He's my favorite bass player. He taught me how to love again. <laughs> um. Well, uh, I never got to mention what my gimmick show is going to be. <laughs> Let's go back to that. Let's go back to when you cut me off with that. I never got to mention what my gimmick show is going to be. Yeah, apparently. Game I'm a, Hampton. I'm an abusive asshole. <laughs> um, that's right, Dave. I'm going to sing on the weekend. I practiced with a band last night. It was too much fun. Wow. You Did you practice with... Okay. What's the show? The show is called Guilty Pleasure, uh, and it's you like comedians are gonna like talk about a song that's a guilty pleasure and then perform it with like a band. So I got like super excited for this. <laughs> yeah, is it? Where is it? Uh, I'll have to double check. Actually, I don't remember where the venue is gonna be. Well, okay, so this podcast will have come out already by yeah, the time. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Now, I might like put up an MP3 of like. Because I'm doing Linkin Parks in the end. Oh my God, and I'm that's doing amazing! All parts. <laughs> I'm doing the singing and the rapping. Oh, and I like was recording it last night. I was like, "This sounds so fucking." Can you give funny. us a little preview? <laughs> it starts with. Oh my God, one thing. It starts with. <laughs> one thing. I don't know why. It doesn't even matter how hard I try. Is it that song? Is that yes. how it goes? Yes. Oh my yeah. God. Is that the one where the video? Is there like on top of a temple? Mm -hmm. Dude, I love that video. <laughs> there's whale. There's like a space oh. whale like just floating around. There's a and part. Like, I'm mad at that whale. <laughs> <laughs> that whale's my dad. <laughs> um, Is there new lyrics? There's a part of that video where like in all those new metal videos, you know, there's all, all kinds of bass drops. And every time they do, the band like jumps in the air and they show their like feet hitting the ground or them slamming on the drums or the guitar. But there's a part of that video where they do a bass drop and it's like when the song like explodes back mm. in. And uh, I guess the only guy who hadn't been featured is the guy on the sample board. And so it just cuts to him and he smashes his finger on the button like he's... Yeah, dude, it's the stupidest looking thing 
Oh, you should see the video. Uh, it changed my life. <laughs> for the worst. I, I just found out. Aristotle looked it up. It's at uh, Three of Clubs. So for future Ooh. shows, guys, ch- go check out this fun show. Guilty Pleasures. Oh, and um, you're doing a... You started your tour. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm on tour right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm not when we're recording it, but I'm on (laughs) when it came out. I know. Life is hard. Um, Am I still Steven Seagal? (laughs) Yeah. Man, honestly, you flowed seamlessly into Steven. (laughs) Yeah, my improv classes have been paying. Do you take improv classes? No. Where do you study? I teach them. I teach uh, crisis actor improv uh, workshops. (laughs) Wow. Teach people how to be fake dead children. Oh, guilty treasure. Oh, thanks, Aristotle. It's called Guilty uh, Treasure I I did say it wrong Um, Not Guilty Pleasure (laughs) Yeah I'm doing a show Where a band jerks me off (laughs) Yeah it's Gigi Allen Yeah Gigi Allen jerks me off With his own blood (laughs) Why don't people like him Anyway uh, you're uh, so nice I'm on tour right now Uh, uh, This episode comes out Thursday April the 5th Uh, And that night I have a show In Eau Claire, Wisconsin And the next weekend I'm in Minneapolis then I go to Chicago, Detroit, through the Midwest to New York City, then down through the south and the south a bunch, then the southwest, then home. Please come to a show. I'd love to see you. Hampton. Then, then you, you go home again. And then I <laughs> It'll be like coming home. And then I fucking drown myself. <laughs> Dave came home. <laughs> Dude, I did you ever put this joke on an album? You have this joke that I love so much about uh George Washington yeah. and the cherry tree. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, dude. Dude, I'm fucking bummed that uh, Nerd Melt is closing, because that's where I recorded that album. Oh. Like, that's just such a great venue. It is a great venue. I just found out when Aristotle told me that it's closing. Yeah, kind of an end of a era. I guess. Was, was there that. like an article somewhere about it? Or did someone... Yeah, I don't know. I guess so, yeah. An article came out today? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, man. You Who wrote what? the article? Stopes. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. Um, I was just looking up Gigi Allen recently, uh-huh. uh, and apparently he uh, was planning to kill himself on stage, and he always made this promise that he was going to kill himself on stage, uh-huh. and he OD'd before he could do it. It really is an amazing fact about him that he didn't kill himself. That's It truly it, is amazing. <laughs> if you don't know him... We've talked about him a little before. His name is Jesus Christ Allen. <laughs> he wasn't allowed to talk until he was 10 years old. He lived. Then uh, he couldn't shut up. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a fucking chatterbox. Uh, and he started a punk band. And during his first show, he the venue and the crowd hated him so much that he cut himself, shit in his hand, smeared shit all over himself so they couldn't remove him from the venue. And then that stuck. And he... <laughs> Yeah, I found a gimmick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God Go with damn. what works. You know? That's how Aerosmith started. That's how the Stones started. Yeah, exactly. You Go shit crazy. In your palm. <laughs> you shit in your palm. You rub it on yourself so you can keep playing the yeah. show. He's like, what chord is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's more like Back to the Future with Gigi Allen where he goes back in time and he's like, gentlemen, uh, blues riff in the key G, try and keep up. You know, like how Marty does it. But then he's just, Marty smears shit all over his body. <laughs> and just takes off his pants and struts around with his micro penis. <laughs> <laughs> Does Nazi salutes? <laughs> yeah, he was a cool guy. Um, yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. But we're gonna talk about. I more was trying to come up with a riff though. for that moment in that scene in Back to the Future where the guy holds the phone up, <laughs> like he holds his nose up to the shit. It would have been a great riff. 
But Barry, here yeah, we are. Oh, you're always looking for that new smell. That new smell. There it is. Oh, <laughs> well get done. Get a whiff of this. Oh, yeah. It's Chuck Berry's cousin, right? Isn't that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Ian Curtis this week, the lead singer of Joy Division. We'll be back in a second after the same distilled jeans ad. <laughs> Look. Doesn't matter what they say, cause I'm gonna get my way if I don't want to go. And we're back to the Rockcast. It starts with... One thing. The second part being I do this. know why. <laughs> <laughs> now I know more. I got into new metal and that makes me cry. <laughs> we will do a, a Chester Bennington episode some point in the future, but I think it's a little raw. It's a little raw. It's a little raw right now. And I think I'm going to do a little bit of a feeler on that show I'm doing because I'm going to just talk about like, I legitimately love that band. Really? Growing up. Really? Oh, yeah. Loved them. Literally, I broke up with a girl because I heard a song that they did, and I was just like... Break up. Break up with Amanda. <laughs> and even though I tried... <laughs> yeah, I know. That's me. Break me up. I can't break up. Hampton's girlfriend is fucked up. <laughs> yeah. What was the song that you heard? Um... To be fair, also this girl like was a white girl with cornrows and was like just insane. <laughs> so oh, I was man. It- <laughs> dude, it's hard when you're a Lincoln Park guy and she's a three eleven girl. <laughs> she was like, it's hard, dude. She was like, when I turn eighteen, I'm getting a giant panther tattoo on my back. Wow, like, you were dating am- Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah dude topical 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 guys. also sick burn on a guy who fucking deserves it dude and the other no actually there's two other great things that happened with her um one the other one i was like what's uh what's like your favorite album or group you know and she was like the only album i own and my favorite album is the mission impossible 2 soundtrack what? she would just listen to that wow <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> All right. And then the fourth weirdest thing in this crazy person was uh, we went to a dance and then um, a girl goes by in a wheelchair and she's just like, I'm going to kick that fucking bitch's ass. What? And she was like, that bitch like um, <laughs> made my last boyfriend cheat with her. I'm going to kick her fucking ass. <laughs> And I had to be like, please do not beat up a girl in a wheelchair at the school dance. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So Linkin Park made me break up with her, dude. What was the song, though? She was the best. um, Oh, God. I'm trying to remember. It might have been like Runaway or something. (laughs) No, it's Somewhere somewhere I Belong. That was it. The music video literally came out on MTV. It was like a night special. They're like, the premiere of Somewhere I Belong. With Jamie Josta from Hatebreed as your host. Wow. So you saw the premiere of the song and immediately were like, yep. I immediately then went on Napster and put it on a uh, CD four times back to back and just went to go pick her up and listen to it on loop. And I was like, I hate this person. <laughs> wow. I realized I was like, I'm not where I'm somewhere I belong. <laughs> The craziest shit. <laughs> oh yeah, I know this song. Yeah. I want to heal. Hey. I want to feel hey, hey. what I thought was never real. Yeah, I know that song. Yeah, I remember. No, it's good. No. <laughs> there's a couple. Interesting... No, I love it. Well, there's a couple interesting things I've really noticed about Linkin Park. One is um, they're bad. They never do a solo. Like huh. it's it's just like chords. 
you know. They're chord heavy. Chord heavy. Yeah. No, no one ever takes a solo. And then um, I remember reading a, a like an interview with uh, Chester Bennington where he talked about the lyrics, and he was like, "I deliberately make them very vague." Sure. So like people can relate to them. People could just relate to them. That's cool. And I remember like Phil Collins said something to that effect. And I was like, well, no one gives Phil Collins shit <laughs> for that. Huh. Interesting. And Phil Collins is the best musician ever. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like he gets a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a lot of shit. Yeah. Actually, dude. I can't stop giving him shit. Yeah. You know why? Because I'm a Peter Gabriel man. <laughs> I shock the monkey every fucking day, dude. <laughs> Ooh, sledgehammer. Yeah. Um, Ooh, sledgehammer. Honestly, it's so that. funny to me that you. I am not like this anymore, but yeah. like, it's funny that you're such a Lincoln Park fan because I hated them so much. That like for years they would like if you liked Lincoln Park I would not be friends with you, dude. I li- <laughs> I literally had a huge poster of them above my dorm bed, and just like my girlfriend in college was just like, "This really is embarrassing." <laughs> <laughs> hey, this, you just have to know, she was like the first person who ever got me into like bright eyes or anything. I don't know. That was like that, and like I just remember her being like, I, it, "It really takes me a lot to fuck you." Wow, <laughs> that's crazy, dude. You should also know this. I'm. I was a person who would rail on Lincoln Park, bring it up a lot, and be like, "Fuck you if you like them." And I had a framed Blink One Eighty Two poster <laughs> over my bed, and not- I ate a dog's dick yeah. and pooped on my granddad. <laughs> See that- specific lyrics. Yeah, totally. How big was the dog's dick? And those weren't what even the the, like? the corniest lyrics. The corny lyrics were later when they when they were just like, yeah. "She left me roses by the stairs." No, definitely where it's like. I- <laughs> I miss you, spider. There was a spider yeah, I was in love exactly. with. Now I miss that spider. I walked into a grave. Yeah, live like and Jack and Sally. Saw a girl <laughs> from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, give me Beautiful. a break. Anyway, also the my Blink One Eighty Two poster wasn't like of their album. It was a picture of the three of them. <laughs> uh, and with yeah, so yeah, I just made. I was like, yeah, I like maybe okay music, but I mean, I fully acknowledge I just regularly listen to shit. Well, dude, you want to heal and you want to feel. <laughs> Something close to real? Yeah, just something close. <laughs> like you want to find a, something that you've wanted all along. Just writing down feel and real and be like, that rhymes! Oh my <laughs> God. OMG, Mike, guys. Mike, 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 <laughs> this rhymes. Have you figured that out? Uh, Hard and start. The, the, the rhyme! Oh, Chester, now I can't put that rhyme in there because you took that rhyme. End and friend. Those rhyme! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well. Oh man, does thing rhyme with dick? <laughs> That's the rest of their hangout. Oh, do you, oh okay, book and table. No oh. shit. I want a book. I want a table. <laughs> like it's something close to real. Guys, the song sucks. You need to rhyme. They do rhyme. You can't hear the rhymes. You're bad at rhyming. Okay, tell me, explain to me how book doesn't rhyme with table. (laughs) I'll wait. Explain. You know what? You explain it to me. He's talking to Axl Rose. (laughs) (laughs) Earlier today, I was literally just laughing to myself, saying to myself in my house, this is like how insane sometimes I am. I was just like, you explain to me why Gwyneth Paltrow can't say the (laughs) N-word. Just really, no, explain it to me. (laughs) That's pretty funny. I, I, I was just making myself laugh. That's that's really funny. <laughs> you were by yourself, just walking around doing that. That's great. For like a minute, yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> no, no, really, no. But spell it out. <laughs> uh, well, shit, dude. 
I don't know a ton about this guy, honestly. I never really Chester listened. Chester Bennington? No, uh, uh, Joy Division, uh, Ian yeah. Curtis. I never really listened to the music. and uh, I got into them good. much later. Yeah, they're great. Um, and something... Well, okay, I keep stopping from talking about this thing that relates to Darby Crash. We'll get there in a second. Um, but we'll start with his suicide. Ian Curtis, um, he lived in a house with his wife and daughter and in may, on may 18th 1980 he hanged himself in his kitchen alone at home in macclesfield uk england oh. uh, uh with the with the clothing line they had in the kitchen that's what he well, hanged himself was it a family with family home it was just yes wow his home where he lived with his wife and child um and that's rough. yeah there was a lot that played into it. I mean, he was a lead singer of a band that was about to be absolutely massive. Hmm. Um, he had already tried to kill himself twice very recently before that. Oh, wow. Yeah. He like, he was obsessed with Iggy Pop and David Bowie. And apparently he was listening to Iggy Pop's The Idiot, like leading all the way leading up to when oh, he whoa. killed himself, which is really interesting. Interesting. I mean, I guess you're drawing some sort of parallel about that Iggy Pop was... I have no idea. Hmm. I mean, let me see. I know Iggy Pop pretty It's a pretty well. dark record. Yeah. Well, what's the... I just want to see uh, what the track list is. Uh... Life sucks. I hate everything. In <laughs> Ian, the end. You should kill yourself. <laughs> In Ian the end, Curtis remix. should die. Yeah. I want to heal. I want to feel. <laughs> Well, oh yeah, say- that's the one with night clubbing on it and China Girl. Okay, yeah. Wait, is that the David Bowie album? No, the idiot from Iggy Pop. Oh, weird. So David Bowie also has a song called China Girl. Uh, that is like I the most so. bizarre song where he's like, "Little China Girl." Oh, here's something I didn't realize China about this record: girl. Iggy Pop and David Bowie wrote this album together. Oh, okay, maybe that's huh. what I'm thinking of. Crazy. Um, <laughs> Wild times. <laughs> as you can probably already tell, I'm a massive fan of all these people. So every time every time I find out any like interesting punk history fact, I'm like, what? Whoa! And uh, it's hard for me to not like Google it instead Whoa. of doing this podcast right now. Let me actually play poker? Fuck! What? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He really was an ace of spades? Oh, shit! Lemmy from Motorhead actually liked fast cars. <laughs> Whoa! When I found out... That the Germs' first drummer was Belinda Carlisle. Mm-hmm. I uh, I fucking told shit. everybody. I did shit. <laughs> well, you got a shit. And I was on the toilet <laughs> shitting. Honestly, uh, going into the next month, I'm giving up shitting uh, for oh, Lent. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's I'm great, gonna man. Stop. I'm gonna stop. That's great. But the kibosh. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have a weird May. Uh, now, when you say <laughs> that uh, Joy Division was about to be successful, is that looking through rose-colored glasses because, you know, the, the singer's dead? And- Absolutely, possibly. Mm-hmm. But... Um, like, okay, I guess, yeah, I keep holding off talking about this because I wanted to talk about the suicide, but it's fine. Um, what's weird about that band is if you haven't heard of the band, most people have at this point, but if you haven't, uh, the, the three remaining members from Joy Division, there were four members, Ian Curtis was the lead singer, Mm -hmm. the three remaining members became New Order, which became one of the biggest bands of all time. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) I had no idea. Yeah. And like, in my mind, and I think a lot of people have, are confused about exactly where Joy Division was at 
when he died. Mm -hmm. uh, because looking back with how people perceive them now, with how many unknown pleasures t-shirts you see around Los Angeles, which is their first album, mm -hmm. it has that sort of like Richter scale oh, yeah, uh, yeah. animation drawing on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Keep calm and joy division is what it always says. Yeah, right? totally. Yes. Keep calm and chive on. <laughs> yeah, that's the name of their second record. <laughs> chive on. Um, no, so it seems like they were huge, but they weren't. They the they reason I say that they were going to be the biggest is is for this. They had been like it had been, I think like four years, really, maybe even three years that they'd really been active since seventy seven. They put out their first album in seventy nine. They recorded their second album in March of nineteen eighty, and he killed himself in May of nineteen eighty. Oh, whoa! It hadn't even come out yet. So a super short amount yeah. of time, even as a band. And arguably, their biggest their song that people know the most is "Love Will Tear Us Apart." That's in so many fucking movies, and if you hear it, you'll know it. Hit That's, me, baby, one more time. Hit me, they baby, one that. more time by Britney Spears. <laughs> baby, I'm a baby. Britney Spears killed herself. <laughs> I'm a cute little in baby. Ian Curtis's house, <laughs> and uh, she was Ian Curtis. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they have that one song. I can't yeah. think of another. So, Love Will Tear Us Apart was like the single that was released before Closer, their second album, came out, but it wasn't on the album. And I read this interview with Peter Hook, who was the bassist for Joy Division and for New Order, and sang uh, vocals, some vocals for New Order. He, like... They were so... I, I'm trying to say a lot of information at once. Um <laughs> they were immediately new order like he yeah. talked about they oh, went weird. to ian's funeral and when the bandmates were walking out of the funeral they were like all right see you at practice whoa they didn't even <laughs> stop and all these years before i read about all this that always seemed kind of weird to me like maybe disrespectful or something mm -hmm. like that yeah. but he was like we didn't know what to do we yeah. had no idea how to deal with it so we just went and we practiced, and we wrote new songs. And he was like, "We had new songs immediately, like yeah. well, inside I mean, of a couple of weeks." A lot of, of inspiration, weeks. all of a sudden. <laughs> no dealing with a lot of emotions. Yeah, there. they were called the No Names very briefly, and then they changed to New Order, and they were just like in it with New Order. But while yeah. that's happening, they released "Love Will Tear Us Apart" in June of 1980. The oh, label wow. did, and uh, and then it became a fucking radio hit. And so, like, they've moved on already yeah. to write new songs with New Order, and their old band, whose lead singer killed himself, has a single on the fucking radio. Dude, this is what I'm saying, <laughs> where it's like, it, it kind of, like, builds up this this active legend. Yes. Like, as it's happening. It's like, you know, everyone still remembers this guy, you know, who was on the cusp. Yeah. Just killed himself. Now his, his hit is yeah. getting played on the radio. And so again, there's, And there's a band to support it. There's still something living that you can be like, well, let's go check out New Order. Exactly. Right. And then they release uh, Closer, their second album, later that year, a few months later in 1980, and that's really popular. And that's the reason I, my guess is they were going to be a big, big fucking deal. And especially if you combine those facts yeah. with the fact that New Order is one of the most known bands in music <laughs> history. Yeah. They're I, huge. <laughs> Plus, I mean, if you listen to the music, like it's it's of a quality that's really high for, would you call that New Wave? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. New wave. Yeah. They well, they kind of invented synth pop. Yeah. British synth pop. They didn't, but like they did. The way that they integrated. I mean, it's it would be dumb to say because people had done it before them, but they were the ones that were able to like take like sort of punk, post punk, hard rock, but 
heartfelt sound and then inject synth and electronic noises into it and make it really work Damn. Uh, so, on like a major scale. So what was uh, Ian kind of dealing with in his life? I mean, well, okay. One of the things, there are a bunch of things, like I said, depression for sure. Um, his, his relationship with his wife was tenuous and I don't know I know the reason for that. Wives. Yeah, ex- exactly. Rights. Yeah, she wouldn't shut her yet. <laughs> hey, get, it, get in the kitchen and bake me a family. <laughs> uh, Wives. Hey, why aren't you in my band? Uh, I wish you were my bandmates. Lady. I, I live at the Friars Club and I'll die at the Friars Club <laughs> away from my wife. <laughs> well, like, I think, so he yeah. cheated on his wife. Okay. Uh, he cheated on his wife, I think, a, a couple times, but specifically he had a relationship with another woman. His wife's name was Debbie Curtis, uh, and he cheated on her with this woman named Anique. Um, Donique? Anique. Anique. Huh. Um, and who was like a French reporter that he met on the road. Uh, it's like it doesn't even count. Exactly. <laughs> if they don't speak the same language as you, it's not cheating. If they don't know what a zip code is... <laughs> I always thought that would be a funny angle where you're just like, if they don't speak the language, you've truly done something almost like incredible. (laughs) And it's almost like a gimme at that point. Oh, that's really funny. I also will say it's always really made me laugh. That even as a joke, dudes will have like <laughs> cheating rules where it's when it's okay. If she's wearing a hat, it's okay. Yeah. These are the guess who rules I wrote when playing. I, uh, my wife and I, we made a who. list of five each, and I'm allowed to fuck these five girls. Like, yeah, well, I don't know, what's man. up with that really lame stand up joke that's always like, you know, me and my wife uh, made lists of who we could have sex with, uh, you know, if it ever came up. So I wrote down number one, her sister. Exactly. It's always like, her sister. She wrote down like George Clooney. <laughs> And she wrote down RoboCop, <laughs> RoboCop, Eric Cartman. Uh, <laughs> I wrote down Mark Simpson. I wrote down her asshole. Yeah, her asshole. <laughs> yes, please and thank you. I'll never get that girl. Um, <laughs> Dave is hitting the road with this comedy act. Yeah, guys. exactly. Please My tour is called Farts. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dave Maniac across America Dave too. Maniac Maniac of comedy Klepto-Daviac I'm gonna rob you I of your laughs, laughs. <laughs> You just steal jokes from comics I just go to open mics and I'm like That one's good That's what I think a tour is um, So he's having troubles with his wife He had promised his wife that he was going to quit seeing that girl, told her he wasn't going to see her, and then he ended up seeing her more. Mm -hmm. And so the Cliff Notes version is that his wife wanted a divorce. And And you got kids, so. uh, Yeah, and they had kids. And leading leading up to his suicide, well, the day, I guess I should also say this before I talk about the other thing, that leading up to it. Uh, he was also epileptic, and he was diagnosed epileptic oh, wow. like near the. He didn't know, and he was already the lead singer of Joy Division. That he was epileptic. Uh, that he was epileptic. Yeah. Well, epilepsy's weird. I mean, some people don't know until later in life. I mean, my friend Leonard was diagnosed epileptic when he was like thirty-two or something oh, really? like that. And the definition of epilepsy is basically just that you've had more than one seizure in your life. Did he just think he was a good dancer up until? Now it's just like man, I could pop a lock suddenly, just incredible. Hampton <laughs> Leonard's dead. 
<laughs> Good. Now, uh, what, <laughs> uh, he's not uh, dead. He's fine. Yeah. No, I kind of have heard this. It's like you know, it's hard because people. It's also have a morph. Seizures. Yeah. Like maybe once, you know, and then years later, you'll yeah, start people having attacks. People who don't know people who are epileptic think of epileptic seizures as like lights flash really fast in front of you and your brain freaks out. And that's one way that you can have a seizure. But like, there's no way really of knowing. And back then, neurology wasn't where it's at now. And so they didn't really know what to do about it. So he was prescribed multiple medications each that he had to take multiple times a day with like multiple side effects one of which was like extreme fatigue uh, I, mean, I also would not trust the psychoanalysis of uh, the 1970s. 19, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. 1980, I guess, is what we're dealing with there. I mean, this all, the, you think he was diagnosed in 77 or 78. Yeah, um, wow. That's crazy. I think maybe I got that wrong. Maybe it was earlier. You can fact check me on that. Uh, check the Carfax. Dave's a car. Check my Carfax. <laughs> yeah. What, um, a, what a trunk. Uh, wow. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look at the trunk on that, um, Dave. But the reason I bring all that up is because it was like the the meds didn't entirely help. His seizures got worse and worse. Oh, and it, whoa. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I guess they would help for a time and then they would put him on new meds. And he just like it really never got it taken yeah, care of. They never figured it. And then you're on the road with a band suddenly. Yeah. And also like. I think we, if you're like me, I really did think Joy Division was at its height, like selling out like massive theaters and shit. But no, they were he. All like for most of the time Joy Division existed, he worked in this in like a civil services office helping people get jobs and really? other things. Yeah, he oh. had like a regular government job. Wow. Uh, yeah, and which I also that was in the movie. I don't know exactly what his job is. That could have been a lie from the movie, from but the movie. he definitely had a government job at a civil services office. A normal job. Yeah, that he had to do all the time. Uh, and his, he was broke. They were all broke. They went broke and were broke while recording Closer. Oh, wow. So they're oh, like... That sounds tough. Yeah, it's like... It's all, and they're like touring the country. Plus your songs are kind of depressing. Super <laughs> so, depressing. So there's... Uh, and he had a, like a depressing voice. Um, <laughs> well, he does sound a little bit like... Um, oh, fuck. Who is it? Um, Magnetic Fields. He sounds like that yeah. guy a little bit. Deep, sounds like the guy from deep. Typo Negative a little bit. Uh, my um, name is Johnny Cash and I like dick. <laughs> Love will tear <laughs> us apart. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, I sucked a man off in Reno just to watch him come. I've been everywhere. <laughs> I fucked everywhere, man. I've got a deep voice. <laughs> hey, you're pretty good. Thanks. You could do it, Johnny Cash. Yeah, it's the only uh, karaoke I can do. <laughs> I was thinking about this when you were talking about seizures. Uh, just a kind of odd historical fact is uh, back in like ancient Greece, there was like the Oracle of Delphi, which like uh, uh, senators or people who were you know affluent would go get like you know predictions. And the whole thing was that there was like a gas leak basically in this temple and the <laughs> woman would just go into seizures and then Whoa. people would like stare at her and interpret the seizures. Whoa. So you'd be like, uh, my, my marriage sucks and I want to buy a horse. And then like, okay, <laughs> give her some gas. And then she's like, <laughs> and they're like, okay, so you should marry the horse. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a two for you. Two birds, one stone. Just Whoa. marry the horse. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I just think history is really fucking. Fun. I know. Well, I mean, 
you know that of uh, like the the thing about the Salem witch trials, right? You've heard about this? What? How like okay, so it was they were the girls that were thought to be witches were basically on really, really, really strong acid. That's basically what happened. Oh yeah. I because LSD is derived from sort of like distilling ergot fungus. And yeah. there were two rye fields that Salem got all of their bread and food from, basically. And one of them was infected with ergot. The only real oh difference between taking God. acid and taking raw ergot is that if you take raw ergot, you have all the effects of LSD, except you also have back and mouth spasms. Oh, my God. So they're all just like, <laughs> and they're like, the devil, fuck. <laughs> and, then, and then they would be like, what did you see? And you're like, I saw the devil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, everything is confirming. Yeah, totally. Welcome to Burning Man. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, looking back, we're just like, they were high. Hell yeah. People, people of Salem, do not try the brown ergot. It has gone bad. If you're still in Salem, get out of there, man. <laughs> if you're a witch in Salem right now, I got news for you. You need to get, get out of there and leave. leave. Have you been to Salem? They're uh, so into witches. There's witch shit fucking everywhere. I can't, I, I can't remember. I did go to one like colonial town where there was like a witch trial, and huh. it was like we watched it at night, and it was boring as shit, dude. I fucking hate those towns. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. Yeah. And here we have the original tiny door. <laughs> that, <laughs> I mean, like, just imagine this there's, there's girl a, walked through. There's like a theme park where it's just people being retarded. <laughs> like, that's what right. it is. They're all like, I don't understand what a watch is. <laughs> What right. devilry is this? Each day I churn butter for 80 hours. <laughs> I'm the town drunk. I don't understand God or anything. I don't know. Also in Salem, there is a liquor store called Bunghole Liquors. <laughs> That's true. I did not see that coming. Dude, and I looked wow, it up. The and trials you left a, a couple bad apples there and didn't, uh, didn't take care of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the people who owned Bunghole Liquors, just fucking Beavis and Butthead, uh, <laughs> lived in Salem in the 17th century. Uh, I actually looked up the story of Bunghole Liquors, and I thought it was just going to be like, like, well, I love pink taco, so I opened my own liquor store. <laughs> but really, you know, the bunghole is the hole in a keg that lets the beer in a wooden keg. Um, okay. Yeah, and during Prohibition, they had a speakeasy in the basement that they called the bunghole because it was like a hidden hole in the ground to get into the speakeasy. They didn't name it that because it sounds like licking an asshole. How is that crazy? That's impossible. Yeah, it's also like at what point do you just change with the times? Yeah, like, I know. I get it. It was a long time ago. Call it speakeasy liquors if you really want to. No, no, no. You don't understand. History. Bunghole Liquors was my dad's place and his dad's place. I know it's named after what is now thought of as a slur, but it used to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I will never change the name of Good Rape boy. Kit Burger. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a child, that simply met a puppy. But <laughs> I lived on a fucked up planet far away from all of you. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Earth Hardware. Are you trying to build an Earth? Get started. Uh, well, I have all the makings for Earth. <laughs> 
This is a human. I'm going to uh, need about <laughs> 400 pounds of dirt. <laughs> I don't think that's enough, man. No, I'm going to need like a good 400, 420 bags of dirt. <laughs> I'm going to need 420 pounds of dirt, 69 pounds of dirt, and 911 pounds of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> high five, dude. Welcome to High Five Hardware, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what character have you become? I'm the bro that owns the hardware store, and he only sells dirt in amounts of 69, 420, and 911. Oh, fuck. I missed that. Yeah. When you added zeros, I literally got confused. Zeros to what? Those numbers. Oh, wow. I don't remember doing that. Oh, okay, maybe I misheard. I had a seizure. <laughs> and that's a great segue back into talking about Ian Curtis. Um, yeah, his seizures were getting uh, worse and worse. But also, like, I think that their touring life was getting more and more stressful. And he had to quit his job. Undoubtedly, yeah. Yeah. And, it, like, I mean, I think we've both been through it in a sense, like, at a certain point, you have to quit your day job mm -hmm. because you have way too much going on in comedy. Even though it doesn't make you enough money to live, you have to go for it, right? We talk about is also, like, when your uh, physical health is, like, failing, like, everything gets so much more amplified worse yeah. and depressing. So it's like, you know, like if I was going through this, the period of my life where I was like, you know, living on couches and in cars and trying to like just move to a city and establish myself, if at, at the same time I was dealing with bad, poor health, yes, I think I would be very upset, very Dude, depressed. right now I'm so, we were talking about this before, we're both sort of like, we've been working on a show we're trying to get made both of us for a long time and like yeah, different shows, but yeah, <laughs> different shows. Yeah. 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 And it went different places with them, but I'm like working on a second rewrite of my show right now. And it's like, I'm so determined to do it that I'm like, I just only think about that and I work on it and I like, I'm so anxious about it and constantly working and I'm noticing myself sleeping less. Um, I drink more coffee. I smoke more cigarettes. I'm eating less. That I'm getting under control. Oh, it's all I was the good like, stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the good things. And so if I were epileptic <laughs> on top of that, because I mean, they're yeah. in a part of their career where they're like, we have to fucking do it, And man. it's the most important time. Exactly. If yeah. we push hard now, we can make it happen. Mm -hmm. So they're touring heavily. They're always writing songs. They're like going to release, like record and release this record. They put all their money into the record. And meanwhile, wow. he's having epileptic seizures to the point where he starts to think he just can't be functioning the lead singer of the band anymore because he just can't do it he's he has a couple seizures on stage whoa really yeah and it's also known that he has seizures and his the audiences mocked him for having seizures <laughs> uh what's uh, a guy um <laughs> that i knew in comedy he fainted on stage uh -huh. and like he had to like quit comedy sure like, just no one let him live it down like <laughs> dude there's a comic in cincinnati that dave Waite was telling me like years ago wore purple pants to purple shorts to an open mic and everyone still calls him purple shorts <laughs> <laughs> man comedy used to be so great and harsh <laughs> yeah i once saw uh, like two older comics just talk a guy out of doing stand-up wow any anymore they were like you know what i like baseball doesn't mean i can play baseball Whoa! And it just like really like laid into the guys like you know you're kind of funny but you just don't have like you know all your jokes are like hack and like, what are you Whoa. doing you know oh <laughs> like, what are you doing man crazy <laughs> man yep <laughs> that's harsh that was Bill Burr and Anthony <laughs> Jeselnik that did that. <laughs> They're friends. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's there's all that. There was even a show 
where oh man, and I forget where it was. Might have been. I think it was at their last show ever was in the is in Birmingham. It might have been in Manchester where they're from. Um, but they did this show where he was Ian was like really really uh, shook up, and he was like, "I'm not going to play the show." Hmm. Um, Hmm, really? And yeah, um, and so they had like two replacement singers, two guys who they were just what? knew that knew oh. them like we're gonna pop it and do it. But he went to the show anyway and insisted on singing a couple songs, and then he couldn't handle it and he left. And once he had sung some and then left, the audience fucking rioted. Whoa! Yeah, really? Yeah, they were just upset. Well, yeah, like they love Joy Division and they wanted to see Ian Curtis. Damn, dude. This yeah. is definitely like a uh, new way of following punk. Absolutely. Know, the crowds are still young and like, especially in England where, dude, like people get into fistfights for no reason. Sure. Like they love to have a good punch up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like everyone's got health insurance. Let's beat the fuck out of each other. Yeah. No one's got guns. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, totally. Have you heard that fact? What's the name of the drink that's like... Fanta. Uh, Half, oh yeah, got it, cool. Um, <laughs> um, it's half lager and half cider. Oh, I don't know that sort. Um, it's not black and tan. Lighter. Snake bite okay. might be what it is. <laughs> um, anyway, there's a ta- there's a city in England where fuck, I think it's London. It might be somewhere else where they made that drink illegal, uh, and you could still buy lager and cider separately. Uh, okay. but you they made that oh, drink made illegal the, and yeah. their crime rate went down like 30% or something like that <laughs> yeah we outlawed Zimas and now chi- Chicago's a paradise <laughs> yeah exactly but apparently you know, it's I, just so easy to drink that everyone was like wasted constantly that is so fucking funny we outlawed Fago in Baghdad and now it's a better place <laughs> yeah. yeah oh man uh, you can't buy kids' toys in L.A. anymore, and everyone's happy. <laughs> Oops, sorry. That was a bad analogy. That was a really bad riff. <laughs> oh, man, fuck. Uh, uh, you know what I love about you? You have a sense of shame. Thank you. I like that. That's what I like about my cat. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, you stupid man. You stupid You're a bitch. <laughs> Explain to me why Quack Speak English, you motherfucker. Um... Yeah, so he, that's all of those things were going on in his life. Uh, And he like, I don't know the extent to which he was mocked at shows for, I think probably what happened is like. I'd say it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing either way. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. But it definitely happened at least enough that um, he, they were, before he killed himself, um, they were just about to leave for their first North American tour mm-hmm. and he was really really worried that American audiences were going to really make fun of him for having <laughs> epilepsy. And they they were right. You stay the fuck <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Epileptics go home. Get out of your limey. Um Take a, that's funny. That yeah. that's so funny. He was like, "Well, Americans are just fucking shit." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd rather die than go to America. <laughs> that's a be made fun of by Dave Ross and Hampton Young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were going to be there as babies. <laughs> As newborn cool babies, babies yeah. wearing Joy Division shirts, <laughs> yeah. say "Keep calm and baby on." <laughs> we didn't have a seizure, loser. Those are my first words. That's fun. I mean, yeah, it, it's like I understand. You know, maybe people weren't making fun of him to like you know a bullying level, but I, I think just uh, 
I don't know. To, I couldn't to have, it out. but uh, but to have like epileptic seizures on stage, I think it's at least exposing yourself in this really unintentionally vulnerable way to your own audience, where it's kind of like they're faced with, "Wow, the guy we love has medical issues, and maybe he can't even do this for a job." You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's that feeling of embarrassment would be like they're seeing me like have health problems. They're, right. They're of course thinking I can't do this. Yeah. Well, and then not to mention the fact that like with music, I mean, I have friends who are musicians and I always music always blows my mind being a musician because not only I think part of comedy that makes it better for me is that it like it's it is honest, at least to the extent that everyone watching you thinks you're just being a regular person. Even if you're silly, yeah. they're like, you're a person. We accept you being a person. People watching a music show, they want you to be their fucking hero. You know what I mean? <laughs> at least like when you're yeah, a, the, that, a band that teenagers absolutely. like. Absolutely. Well, I mean, like take any like rock show with any sort of graphics behind you. Like the whole thing is to make it look like epic. this is like epic. This is church. You should yeah. be here. You should really like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean with comedy i get it people look at me they see a truth teller they see you know a regular joe schmo just up there being hey y'all ever eat ass uh how much ass are you eating uh what kinds of ass uh, how do you eat ass and you know that that's me i'm a regular guy i tell the truth about eating ass <laughs> <laughs> exactly whereas if you're a musician you got to be like i eat ass <laughs> <laughs> I eat the dark ass that nobody sometimes nobody, society I'll eat your doesn't ass. want me. Other to. times I'll eat your ass. <laughs> I eat that ass. <laughs> <laughs> Bloodhound Gang lyrics and GG Allen. <laughs> yeah, it's Bloodhound Gang lyrics with a Lincoln Park sound. Headlining Toilet Fest. It's Bloodhound Gang and GG Allen. <laughs> 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 I, I'm trying to uh, imitate the Bloodhound Gang. Jimmy Pop. Yeah. How does he? Hi, my name is Jimmy Pop. Yeah. This is my singing voice. Lift your head up high and blow your brains out. <laughs> That's one of their songs. <laughs> They're a lot of fun. Uh, folks, don't do that. Don't do that. If you're staring at your radio playing this podcast, that's right, radio. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess this is a good point. Uh, in the podcast to talk about staying safe. <laughs> We've talked about leading up to this guy's suicide for a while now. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I hope you're listening knowing um, this isn't a good thing. What do you, what do you think um, his options kind of were in life? Like, I mean, is it yeah. just like there's no way it's for tough him with not health. to be in a band? Do you think he should have just maybe like tried to live a normal life? I definitely say, like, knowing people who are epileptic, stress adds to it. And, and like, watching the movie, I watched that movie Control, mm -hmm. uh, and that was, like, I, I don't know how accurate the movie was on his epilepsy, but mm -hmm. I definitely think it's accurate that heat and cold affected him a lot. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, like, well, Weird. your body being in any sort of weakened state, I think, can... Tr and I actually know that oh, wow. from being a person who has pretty bad panic attacks. Huh. Like, I... Always am very anxious all the time, but yeah, well, Hampton. Uh, <laughs> Stop uh, it! But when I have a panic attack, uh -huh. is when I have either smoked a lot of cigarettes, drank a lot of coffee, I'm really overheating, I haven't eaten enough, and yeah, and really it has to happen if all those things are happening, and I'm really tired, and so it's just like if your brain is doesn't 
isn't getting what it needs, it's more likely to freak out in whatever way it freaks out for you. And so, yeah, it makes seizures happen more frequently. Stress. Mm. Um, And then you add on top of that, like, he's going through an awful time with his wife. The night before he committed suicide, Hmm. uh, he asked his wife not to divorce him. And then she was like, okay, I'll stay with you tonight. Oh, no. She went to tell her parents she's going to stay with Ian that night. When she came back from telling her parents, he was like, get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, really? So he was he definitely in some kind of like very weird mental place. But she did stay, right? Like, she No, was... she left. Okay. And he was like, don't come back until I take the train with the band tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. And then that's when he did it. Oh, so um, they weren't home. They weren't home. No one was it. home. Yeah. Holy shit. The night before oh he asked her to stay, she agreed to stay. She left for a minute, came back, oh and when man. she came back, he kicked her out. Do you think he made the decision to kill himself in that? I mean, this is a deep we could never know. In the know, movie, he yeah. kick, he flips out and kicks her out and he has a seizure. Okay. While he's alone and it's a really bad one. Skillful choice by the director. I agree. Yeah, I yeah. there's no way of knowing if that's actually no, what happened because yeah. he was alone. Yeah. Either way though, he had a lot of seizures like extreme fear about one his ability to even do his job which is to be yep like like just at a basic level performing in a band that's hard for him but also to be this like emotional hero for an army of fans which it seems like was growing yeah it's a lot of stress yeah and to be there and that's i think another thing like he cheated on his wife in the middle of this this is a guy who got married at 18 Mm. And had a kid at like 20 or 21. Oh, wow. And then in the midst of all of that, while building a domestic life, he becomes this yeah. like fucking art god <laughs> or to a small scene and seemingly no, yeah, maybe would growing, have been to like a, a big rock star. Yeah. Damn. It's a big mind fuck, man. And he had epilepsy the whole time. And here's another thing that I think contributed to it. In this interview with Peter Hook, he talks about like Captain Hook's. Uh, in this son. interview with Captain Hook, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he said, uh, "Bring me Peter Pan." <laughs> uh, yeah, Captain Hook's son, Peter Hook, Peter who's Hook. also also Curtis Cook's brother. Uh, he's like a comedian in L.A. Captain, Very funny. Captain Hook like gives <laughs> his wife gives birth, and like the baby has like a hook for a penis or something. <laughs> oh no, no, not there. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't we have uh, I should have been kneecap um, <laughs> Should have been kneecap Oh I want a kneecap oh, oh. I, I goofed If I had to pick a place for a hook It would have been your fucking kneecap I'm sorry son the, the baby, And that's why I named you Sue The baby's <laughs> head is just a hook <laughs> oh, oh, no. oh damn it Where are the eyes even <laughs> It's first word was scratching my arm <laughs> Yikes. Uh, Yikes. Um so Peter Hook, uh again the bassist for New Order and Joy Division, talked about how like they just didn't really know how bad everything was. Yeah. Partially because I mean he he said he has like all these regrets and he looks back and it's like, oh man, we should have known. I mean he he would have seizures and uh, and then he would just be like resting and we should have done more for him, that, right? That's, that's a pretty healthy reaction. And but, especially if we think about like Pell Dead Olin, yeah. that metal singer. It's like his band just antagonized him and like mocked him. Well, I think part of everything. his regret was in the interview saying that they didn't really do much. But the True. reasons he said they didn't do much were like, one, 
I think they were kind of blinded by the fact that they were on the come up and they were like, shit, our yeah. band is making it. And so they're just like, we got to go. We got to go. Get up and go. Also, though, Ian was like a really sort of um, demure sort of shameful guy and apparently he lied all the time they would be like he would come home from the hospital and they'd be like are you okay and he'd be like yeah i'm fine let's record right now totally okay yeah. but he would be like fucked up from having a grand mal seizure holy shit uh and just be like no no no, i'm cool but then also their management apparently their 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 reps were kind of manipulative and he hmm. he after they recorded closer in march of 1980 he tried to commit suicide twice before he actually did it in may whoa did First, anyone know yeah, they knew. Oh, um, whoa, the band knew. Yeah, apparently. Holy shit. Oh, maybe, wow. May, actually, maybe he found out later. Peter actually doesn't say in this interview. Mm -hmm. uh, but he, um, the reason I brought up Iggy Pop is that Peter Hook, seen, the first time he tried to kill himself, he just cut himself with a bunch of knives. And Peter Hook seemed to think whoa. that was like a, an Iggy Pop. I'm gonna go crazy. Fuck this. I just hate everything. Moment. Holy shit, though. But then the next time, he took a, a bunch of pills and tried to OD. Mm. Went to the hospital for an OD, and then their um, like manager and label brought him from the hospital to the recording studio. Uh, <laughs> uh, we know what you need: more work. <laughs> yeah, totally. Get back to the and, the pit, slave. <laughs> and there's this great quote in Jesus an interview Christ. where he says, um, "Holy shit." That says, is such a lack of empathy. As an adult and a father now, I feel guiltier than I ever did then. If that had been my son, I'd have gone around there and headbutted Rob Gretton, our manager, and taken Ian home. Wow. But there were doctors, consultants, psychiatrists, and none of them was able to sort it out. Well, Unbelievable. I, hindsight is always, you know, twenty twenty, and I feel like people always, for the most part, most reasonable people, when someone close to them kills themselves, their reaction is, I didn't do enough. Yeah, I didn't know. Sure. And it's like... You know, you could even know. I'm not even sure if they knew he'd tried to kill himself or to what level they were informed of that. Yeah. But I mean, like, even if they knew that that was the case, it's still it's it's hard for you, especially when you're young, to like act appropriately in those situations. It's like, well, I'm not, you know, his wife. I'm not his parents. I'm not his doctor. I'm just the guy who plays bass with him. Right. You know, it's like I don't know. I, we we just like the band. That's our. You know, that's also, our relationship is we like this band together. We want to make it successful. Also, I can't tell you how many times. I mean, I've been like, uh, it's for whatever reason, I think I'm really, really in my head is, is I think the reason, uh, which, well, there are a bunch of reasons for that, but I'm really <laughs> in my head. And as a result, it's taken a lot for things to register for me sometimes. When I, like when people close to me are going through something, mm -hmm. I can totally relate. My friend Erin Lennox, she's so funny. She's one of my favorite people. She makes fun of me all the time because she like hurt her knee mm -hmm. playing basketball. Really fucked it up. It was awful. Oh, wow. And she had to deal with it forever. And like I think the first 15 times I saw her in a brace, I said, Hey, why is your leg in a brace? <laughs> Completely earnestly. Uh, it just takes forever to. And like, you know, oh, if you're in your head and you have like a lot of things going on, you're trying to figure shit out, you cannot register. And that doesn't make it any better, but right. it is like an explanation. Yeah, um, well, that's true. If you think about the, the band, it's not like they're all just passive. It's like they're all part of this thing that they have their own lives to be concerned about. Right. And then and you throw on top of it, it, they're probably thinking, like, No, no, no. They're probably trying to convince themselves that he's fine. Yeah. So they can get to that next gig uh -huh. and honestly and i don't think it's an excuse fine. like i have there i have one friend who like i really 
it really was going through some like really bad medical shit and it really didn't register with me and I feel uh shitty about it to this day and they're not dead or something we're still friends but mm-hmm. it was super shitty of me uh but it like is possible for that to happen I you never know? knew that you had blue balls and I feel yeah. bad that I haven't uh, been calling <laughs> to take care of you yeah. i feed you soup <laughs> yeah <laughs> while I'm you like, have blue balls. And i'm having sex we have like, like, <laughs> um oh shit yeah it's interesting i it's interesting when talking about medical things because like when someone has a bad like medical physical pain issue that's the that's the one thing when it comes to suicide where i'm like Oh, yeah. I really accept you. I accept it. I accept it. Uh, yeah. But I also should say uh, that type of medical science has come a long way since then. Mm-hmm. I know it has because I used to be a caseworker for um, learning disabled people, and one of my clients had um, epilepsy. Uh, actually, a few of them did. And they took Depakote. It helped yeah. a lot. They didn't have a lot of seizures. It was tough. No, you told me um, some stories. Yeah. Dude, yeah. One of them had a seizure in my car. It was really great. That's not a fact I tell people a lot because it was a while ago. But uh, I don't like to know more things about you. Yeah, me I neither. like to keep it strictly surface level. That's why Dave. I drink so much. I try to forget. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I'm just saying, like, if you're hearing this and you have those problems, here, like, you know, well, that understanding is there, but I don't want you to hear it and think I'm encouraging any kind no, of action totally. like that I, I think uh, I'm not euthanasia is a kind of a different conversation and, and I right. know and it's really shitty to almost say with this situation with Ian is that honestly he probably should have taken care of his health primarily yes because literally that's the foundation yes. that every other thing is and it's like you know it's one thing to be like but then he'll never be in a rock band and have and it's songs. like well and it's like you know what people have really good lives where they're not rock stars <laughs> like, and that w- and you, you know can't... what that would be sad it would be sad to see your dream becoming mm-hmm. realized and not be able to actually realize it that would be sad but he's dead and he might not have died if he were able to like focus on his health more and like bring him it sounds like he was a guy who really needed a less stressful life yeah, exactly. It's uh, just poor timing. And yeah. it's like, you know, I think sometimes also we build up some sort of like expectations of ourselves that, you know, everybody expects me to make this band a huge success. And well, yes, blah, blah, blah. he did. He felt a lot of pressure from everybody. Like yeah. it was on him but no and he was like, fucking up. No one's like, there's all this pressure on me to be like the best manager of this target. Everyone's going to be mad at me. Yeah. Well, I guess there is, but it's just funny. Like, no one thinks about that person's yeah, <laughs> right. struggle. It is interesting. The psychosis of that, I hadn't really thought of that. Like, you're in a, you're the lead singer of a band that's getting big. You're the front man, so you're the face of the band, mm-hmm. and you have seizures. He's also handsome, I will yeah. say. Yeah. He's an attractive quality. So. And he's he's a genius. Like, he's an mm-hmm. incredible writer. Yeah. Uh, and he, like, the way he performed was way different than anyone else it's, ever it's had. It's really hard to replace him. Yeah, sure, really. Yeah. Exactly. So... So you're thinking, like, I, he might have even been thinking, I don't want to do this anymore. It's fucking ruining my life, hmm. but I have to. <laughs> yeah, um, I relate. I relate hard, man. I mean, it's like, you yeah. built up this whole world that you're like, well. But then if you, but I, you and I at least don't have a band. If you, you add this extra thing like. Oh, you're out of the band? <laughs> We're in the band with Steven Seagal. <laughs> you add this extra thing like, then like. Not only will I have like done all this work and it was for nothing, then yeah. I take these three guys' jobs away. And that's like fucked up that's pressure. That's a really good point. Yeah. To be fair, 
they they did pretty okay. <laughs> they did it. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that fucking mind blowing? Totally, man. This was a this was a good app, man. I Thanks, mean, is, man. is there any more that you want to touch on with him? Or I mean, there's so much information on him. The only thing I'd really say is like, uh, listen to their music. Listen to Love Will Tear Us Apart. If you if you were more of a New Order fan, listen to their later shit. If you are more of a punk fan, um, their first EP is one of my favorite hmm. EP, like my favorite albums ever. Um, Oh, I'm forgetting the name, but there's a song on it called No Love Lost that's one of my favorite songs of all time. It's called and Somewhere I Belong. It's called Somewhere I Belong by Linkin Park. Oh, also, on the All My Friends single from LCD Sound System, they have a cover of No Love Lost that's the shit. It's so good. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, I like a nice wreck. I like a nice recommend. Yeah. I'm going to go to Amoeba and mill around. <laughs> Just think about music. <laughs> Yeah, let's go to Amoeba, Hampton. Uh, thanks, man. That was super fun. Everybody, um, you know, we didn't talk about being staying safe much this episode, so just, you know, stay alive, please. <laughs> stay alive, Seriously. guys. And uh, come mm-hmm. check out Dave Ross on uh, on the t- on the road. Hampton, I love you so much for how much you're helping me promote this. Really, you're better about it than I am. I appreciate it. Stay alive, guys, and see Dave Ross live. See him live. Alive. It would actually be pretty fun to see you dead. Truly, if you're <laughs> feeling... Uh, depressed and especially if you're feeling suicidal know that you're loved and it'll get better seriously because i love you dave ross because i love you all right bye and so does hampton he just can't say it because he's afraid (laughs) spiders (laughs) thank you so much for listening to suicide buddies we hope to see you again next week just a quick reminder if you are experiencing suicidal thoughts feeling like killing yourself talk to someone please we take it very seriously we joke around about suicide here because we've thought about it because joking is how we deal with it and we hope that it helps you but if you're really thinking about it we want you to stay here with us call 1-800-273-TALK the national suicide prevention lifeline they're incredible they're there 24 hours a day seven days a week they will help you are loved thank you again for listening see you next week